The Christian world needs more spirit-filled teaching. So often we have fiery preaching without substance or doctrine without life. But we seek to join the two. We seek to bring theology on fire. This is Andrew Wilkes. This is Leah Wilkes. And this is Theology on Fire. Do y'all know what today is? 9-11. Why is 9-11 special? A lot of people died on that day. Do you know where that was? Twin Towers? And what city was that in? Do you know? New York City. That was right. How old was I? I want you to guess how old I was on that day when that happened. Y'all are answering a lot. Got to be someone from over here. Just throw a number out. I was 14. So I was actually sick that day. I know that's 19 years ago. Add that up. What is that? 1914. 33. There you go. All right. Y'all got to take that note down. Um, But today was a very special day. I, I really didn't know a lot about the world. But what happened on that day was I began to wake up a little bit. And I began to realize this world wasn't everything that I thought it was. I began to realize that things in this life, they change. You've probably been seeing on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, all the trouble that our country has been going through over these past six, seven months with COVID, with other issues in our society, with riots, with all this sorts of stuff. This world is not that great. That's what I started to realize there. There are a lot of temptations, a lot of things. But before I get ahead of myself, you know, it is a special day today. It's a day that woke up a lot of people in my generation. And you're in a moment like that right now, too, with COVID, with the stress that's going on, with a big election coming up. You're also going to be impacted by this. It's going to impact you one of two ways to either to love this world more or to go to God and to love him more. It's going to polarize you. Do you know what that means? It's going to like a North Pole and a South Pole. It's going to bring you to one side or, an, or another. You're either your heart's going to get kind of hard towards God when you see these things, or you're going to turn to him and you're going to let him speak to you about what's actually going on around you. This has the opportunity, this moment of time, not just here in this chapel service, but in these years, they are so important. They are so important. They lay the foundation for the rest of your life. It was in my senior year of high school that my grandmother passed away. She had brain cancer, and I started to really get depressed. I began to drink a lot, things like this. And, you know, getting drunk on a Friday, show up to Sunday school, you know, on a Sunday, sitting next to the people that I had been boozing it up with on the weekend. But I was depressed. I was empty. But then God drew me. He began to draw me, and he saved me my first year at LSU in 2005 as a freshman. Totally empty, totally alone. He got my attention, attention, and I finally responded to the Holy Spirit in my life. And I just said, take it all, Jesus, take it all. That was 15 years ago this winter, and I'm just so amazed. And you know, Brother Bernard Trott, Pastor Bernard Trott, he was saved in 2005 as well, right? What month was it? Do you remember? Mine was around October, November, too. So we have, we'll just say, the same spiritual birthday. 
And the reason why those songs that he sings are so powerful aren't just because he has a big booming voice. It's because there's a heart in there that is singing these things out. You could say he has soul. He has that, but he also has a love for Jesus that is pouring out of him. That's why it can touch us emotionally, even if you don't even know Jesus, but you can just feel there's this effect coming out because he has found someone, like we said in these songs, and I am a powerful God that was everything that he needed and continues to be everything he needs. Let me tell you something. If Jesus were not real, if God were not real, if his impact were not real, this man would not be here as a principal. He would not be here as a pastor. He's got a lot of other things that he could spend his time on, a lot of money that he could be making that I guarantee you he is not making here doing those things serving the Lord. But he found something of greater worth. He said those old things to me are trash compared to this. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. And if you have your Bibles, everybody's got a Bible, I want you to open it with me to Philippians. The book of Philippians and I'm just going to say it just for the, everybody's benefit. If you open to the New Testament, so it's in the second half of the Bible, not the first half, but the second half. If you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, go through Romans, go through First and Second Corinthians, and then you're going to go Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. So just skip over once you get into the New Testament and you'll get there. And we're going to go to chapter 3. But while you're flipping there, Ephesians, uh, Philippians chapter 3, I want to ask you something. What is trash? Trash. What, like, what is the word trash? What does that mean? Garbage. Yeah, garbage. That's, that's a synonym for it. Same thing. Garbage. Trash. What do you do with trash? You throw it away. Why? You no longer need it. It's not good anymore. It has no value. It's valueless. It's trash. My wife is from Scotland. And so what she calls it is rubbish. Her parents are from England. She was born and raised in Scotland. So she'd say, Andrew, put it in the rubbish bin. Go put that in the rubbish bin. Or the trash can. That's what we call it. So what do we do? see people doing down here in the bayou and in the country? They burn trash, right? They burn leaves, some old stumps. You're driving down the highway and you see some smoke coming up. And someone's burning something on the property because they don't need it anymore. It's worthless to them. No value. So I want to ask you something. If I were to give you a BMW... Brand new with leather interior. Would you burn that? Why not? It's expensive, right? It's valuable, right? Like if you, it's yours. Here's the key. Brand new SUV car, whatever model you want, up to a hundred grand. Go get it. It's yours. And then I hand you some lighter fluid and a match. Are you going to set it on fire? No, because that is awesome, right? It's like, whoa, that's what I want. I put value on it. But what if I were to tell you that if you were willing to burn that BMW? I could actually give you the entire BMW company. Would you burn it then? Why? Wait, so if I give you the BMW and I say if you burn it, if you're willing to burn it, I'm going to give you the whole company and you can have millions of BMWs. You're going to have all the wealth of that. I would burn the BMW to the ground in a moment. Hand me the gas can. Hand me the dynamite. Give me the flamethrower. I'm burning this mug down because I want what's more valuable, right? If I were to give you $1,000 to go to the mall, to go to the store and buy all the clothes that you wanted, you wouldn't burn them. You wouldn't give that up. You'd receive that. But if I told you, if you'll pile it up right here, and we're going to make some s'mores over this thing, we're going to burn this pile of clothing. 
Because what, if you're willing to do that, I'm going to give you as many clothes as you want the rest of your life, as fine of things as you want. What I'm trying to say is things are valuable on their own until they are compared to something much more valuable. A BMW is valuable until I'm now offering you something worth a billion times more than that one thing, right? So this is valuable until I give you something better. So that's what God does every day with Jesus. This world is offering you and me things every day on Facebook, on Instagram, on whatever social media you're using. We are having values placed into our minds of what is valuable, of what we should sacrifice for, of what we should give our lives for. And we are being molded and conformed to this world every day with its messages through music as well. You know, this is what's valuable. It's that fine man, it's that fine woman that if I could get this relationship, I'd be satisfied. I would be happy. I place all my value on these things. And these things, some of the things they're talking about are valuable. I have a wife. We've been married for seven years. She's extremely valuable to me. But God is infinitely more valuable. I have a job that's valuable. But compared to that and compared to making money, the things of Jesus are infinitely more valuable. And we've all got trash that has got to be burned up. We've got rubbish in our life. And that's what that guy named Paul said in Philippians. Do you know who Paul is? Anybody? Kind of, sort of, like that guy who lives down on the corner, Paul? No, this is the Apostle Paul. This was a man... This guy had everything going for him. This guy was at the top of the ladder. He was young. He had power politically. He had ability. I mean, the leadership and the government in his land, they loved this guy. They gave him free reign. He was smart. He was educated. He was like the equivalent of going to Harvard and all of these big name schools. He had graduated. He was moving up in life. This guy on that trajectory, I mean, he is going to be teaching all the people of his nation one day. He had everything his heart ever wanted. Until he met Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something here. And I'm not just telling you as some old guy. Because I know to some of y'all, I'm just an old guy. I mean, I got glasses, right? So to you, I'm old. I'm 33. So I'm old. But it wasn't that long ago when I sat here and my heart's desires were for so many other things. So many other things. You know, my, my life was rough. It was broken. Instability in your life. You begin to crave stability. You begin to crave finances. You begin to crave attention and affection. You begin to crave comfort and love. And this world is constantly even pumping out in its music. It, it's not love. It, it's lust. It's pumping out all this stuff to our lives and telling us this is what's valuable. And apart from Christ, we take it in. Or even if we do know Jesus, we're tempted towards these things because it does have some value. It does bring some pleasure. It's, it, it, otherwise, it wouldn't attract me, right? And it wouldn't attract you either. But this guy, Paul, this is what he said in Philippians chapter 3. This guy who had it all, he had everything But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss. Why? It was valuable. It was gain. For the sake of Christ, 
I found something more valuable. Indeed, I count everything as loss. Why? It was valuable because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. They're trash. Or in the King James, it says dung. It's poo compared to Christ. It's absolutely garbage compared to him. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith and Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. I gave up everything for Jesus. I was going to go persecute Christians. That's what Paul was doing. He even had letters in his hand from the political people. And he's like, I am serving God. I'm going to get rid of these weird Christian people over here, these heretics. We're going to throw them in jail until Jesus stops them. And he says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he gives his life to Christ and everything changes. Pretty soon, the same people that he used to run with, the people in power, are trying to kill him. His family, they would have disowned him. Any wealth, any type of job that he would have had to help him out, he's cut off from. He gave it all up. Why are you so stupid, Paul? Why are you doing this? I'm not stupid. That was valuable. But I have found someone infinitely more valuable named Jesus. Named Jesus. And do you know where he was when he was saying this? He was in a prison. It says it five times in the first chapter of Philippians. I was in a prison and I'm writing to you from a prison and I'm telling you I've been at the top of this world and I'm in a prison for Jesus now. And I'm telling you it's so much more valuable to walk with Christ. He's not simply a religion to me. He is everything to me. I've given up my family. I've given up my job. I've given up it all because I can have him. Are you just nuts? To this world, I'm nuts, but I have him within me. Oh, he has something to say. Guys, look, when someone's in prison, I do prison ministry. I go to Angola prison and I go to Hunt prison in St. Gabriel, Louisiana. And I talk to these people and these people, if they've committed the crime, they're not in there for loving Jesus. They're in there for something really pretty, pretty rough, especially at the camp I go into I don't ask what they do because I don't want my mind to be changed about the person that I'm trying to minister to based on what they've done in the past. But they weren't in there for that. They would do anything they could to get out. They tell me all the time, I just want to get home. I miss my mom. I miss my family. I miss my sister. They're sick on the outside. I can't get to them. And if I were to ask them, was it worth it? Was it worth doing what you were doing to spend 20 years in Angola prison? They would tell me, no way. I wish I could go back. I wish I could change it all. But Paul is in prison for preaching Jesus. And if you were to ask him, was it worth it? He'd say, yes, it was worth everything. It's worth everything to know Jesus Christ. I walked away from my job February of this year because God had been just moving and moving and moving in my life. I had a good job. I was getting paid pretty good. But God had just been pushing in my life and pushing in my life. If I had stayed in there, I could have climbed up. I could have kept going. I could have, who knows where I would have ended up financially with money, things like this. But serving Christ is so much better. And I'm not here to tell you that basically you can't get a good job 
That's fine. That's wonderful if you're blessed by God. Work hard at your education. Go to college if you can or go to your technical school or go get a trade or go apprentice. Go wherever God opens the doors. If you get a a wife, a husband one day, praise God. These are wonderful things, a family, a beautiful home. But what I'm trying to say is there is trash. This world is feeding us and it is the note of Satan. They are passing along the words of Satan saying, this is what's valuable. Don't look to Christ. Yeah, you go to Christian school, but it's because your parents make you go there. Or maybe because you're troubled and they want to help fix you and things like this. But you don't really need that. Just get through it. Just get through it. And then just wait till you get home and you can get on your phone and you can do these things. What I'm trying to tell you is there really is a God, the I am, who has value, who is everything that you need and who brings pleasure beyond the pleasure that this world brings Otherwise, I wouldn't be in Brobridge this morning. But he's valuable. He's wonderful. And I want to tell you how valuable that he is this morning. I know you're hearing me say it, but I believe the Holy Spirit can impress it into your life. Jesus said this, What will it profit a man or a woman if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Every single day, I know that you are in some way getting some Christian influence in the school. You're getting some kind of a message about Jesus where if you don't know him, I want you to come to know him. And today, that's the same thing. But this is what I want you to do. This is what Jesus says to do. He doesn't just say, check your brain at the door. He says, okay, that's fine. This world offers you stuff. Satan offers you stuff. Pile it up right here on this side of the scale. Temporary pleasure heartache and pain because everything that seems to bring pleasure in this moment it's like a carrot you keep running and you keep running and you keep running and you keep running after it until it leads you rock bottom and maybe the world and the pleasures won't lead you to that end but maybe for 40 or 50 years it'll have you running through a career or anything but the end of it is death The end of it is judgment. We are told that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have lied. We have lusted. We have stolen. We have done all of these things. Taking God's name in vain. We are guilty. And we are told that the wages of sin, what we earn, we go to work at maybe Burger King part-time job, you're going to earn wages. When we sin, we earn the wages of death and hell. We are told in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed to man and woman once to die and then the judgment. There is coming a death and judgment. We will all die and be judged. The question is, will we take this world's way, this world's value that leads to eternal separation and hell from God? Or will we come to Christ And though we would desire things of this earth, tell him that and be honest with him and say, I can't help but love these things. But I see what you're offering me is Christ, his death on that cross, his forgiveness to be washed and cleansed from my sins, a relationship with God. So that when I come in here and actually sing this, why is this guy singing this? He didn't even sing that great on the front row because I have found the one who my soul loves. I found the one who loves me and he is of greater worth and value than anything. And I don't even always live like that, but I know it's true and I want to live it every day. So what will it profit you if you gain this whole world and lose your soul? All of our desires that leads to death and hell. 
or to this world which seems like trash to them. And they would trade any day of the week. And that I did before I met Jesus, Christ, Christ, what does he offer me? He offers me himself. He offers me love. So much love not to just send me some texts and be like, hey, boo, I love you. All this stuff. And then they disappear after the summer thing because I guess it was just like a summer fling that we had here. But he was willing to go to death on a cross. He was willing to pay everything for me. And he said he even wants to intercede for me. He wants to speak to his father on my behalf every day. That I am that has everything. That when I have need, he's there. Mental need, emotional need, spiritual need, physical need. He's there for me. Jesus said, count the cost. Count it up. What's valuable to you? That's what I'm pressing you today. Just to think in your mind. And if you're going to write this down, write down this question. What is valuable to me? What is valuable to me? And you know how you know? It's what you think about. It's what you talk about. It's what's in your search engine. It's what's in your Facebook. Whatever you find yourself running to, that is what you find valuable. Write that down then and think on that and even think about the answer. And ask yourself, is what this is offering me better than Christ? That I see in the scriptures. Not what I think he is. Not religion. But what he says he is. And that's the answer that you have to, to respond to. So guys. Girls. I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with that. But do know that Jesus. He loves you. He gave his life on that cross for you. And you know John 3.16. All of you have heard it. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Why? Why? Why would he give his son? Because we, you and me had need. You and me are separated from God apart from that. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the promise that those who would in their heart believe in Christ and what he's done on the cross for them. Paying for their penalty of sin and being raised from the dead. And confess him as Lord would be saved. But don't forget that at the end of John chapter 3 it says this. All who believe on the Son have life. But for those who do not believe, the wrath of God abides upon him. And that's how that chapter closes. An offer of life, an offer of value, an offer of treasure. But that ultimatum, that scale, what is valuable to me? Your today, your eternity, everything depends on it. So I'm going to pray right now and just where you are, you can respond. And look, just think about these things. Think about these things. What's valuable to me? Is it more valuable than Christ? Maybe you already know Jesus. Maybe you really do. Maybe you've really given your life to him. But ask yourself, am I being distracted? Am I being run over here? Nothing wrong looking for scholarships, looking for college. All these things like I've said. But what's priority? Lord God, I just pray right now, just where everyone is, Lord, just even in my own life, that you would search us, that you'd speak to us, that you'd talk to us, And you'd put it on the scale. And we'd say death is coming one day. Lord God, I could die on the interstate going home. What is valuable? What did I give my life for? Lord, let those words of Paul haunt us. Whatever I once thought gain, I now count loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Because knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person here that if they don't know you, that they would come to know you today or that you'd plant a seed 
And they'd begin to count the cost. They'd begin to think about what you have and what this world has. Make an impact, God. And I thank you for these young people. They can make an impact in this world that is broken. They can make an impact, God, in this world that is destroyed. In your hands, they can be mighty tools to tear down strongholds, to speak into the pain of the people in our society, to give hope, to give life. But it's only in Christ. I thank you for these people, God. I am mindful that they are in homes that may be broken like mine was, where there is pain like I had pain, depression like I had depression, hopelessness like I had hopelessness. But then you came in. You came in and you filled the place where there was brokenness and you brought life. And I pray that their hearts would be open to you, Christ, and that they would receive healing. They would receive hope. And even in the midst of a home that could be broken and abused and all these things, or maybe it's the greatest home that they've got, they can have real contentment, real life in knowing you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. I give these young people to you. Bless their day. Bless their weekend. I pray they would have a wonderful time, Lord, in you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us at Theology on Fire. Please subscribe so you won't miss new episodes. All of our information and contact details can be found at theologyonfire.org.